This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, here we are on another Monday, another tough Monday for Buccaneer fans. And I can honestly say to you, I have been around this franchise, whether it be a fan or as a broadcaster, on the team broadcast now, we're going on 15 years, seen hundreds of Buccaneer football games over the past 35 years. And honestly, this is for anybody that has followed this team since its inception that follows the NFL. Never seen anything like what we saw on Sunday, and it's not a good thing. When you have 500 yards of offense and you only score three points, that is incredibly hard to do. It is almost a mathematical impossibility in a football game to be able to get that much yardage without A, being able to get in the end zone, or at least B, be able to get field goals. And make no mistake, Sunday was a game against the Washington Redskins where field goals may have been able to win it had you been able to kick those field goals. But the Bucs weren't even able to do that. And in the end, five trips inside the red zone resulted in zero points. None. Nada. Zip. All right. I I know I, I say this frequently right now on the podcast because the Buccaneers have lost now six of the last seven games. It's frustrating. Everybody is frustrated, but the only thing you can do right now is try to correct the mistakes and the things that we are seeing that continue to cost this team dearly. Self-inflicted yesterday, especially on the offensive side of the ball, whether it was untimely penalty, whether it was missed field goal, whether it's interception by Ryan Fitzpatrick, whether it's Jacquez Rogers not protecting the ball well enough and somebody knocking it out from behind as the Redskins did. And when we get to the highlights, you'll hear that play. It's a tremendous hustle play by the Redskins. We, we acknowledge that Washington deserves credit for making the plays that the Bucs did not make, for getting in the end zone. Alex Smith's touchdown pass to Jock. Josh Doxson was really the, the clinching score, as it turns out, that put Washington up 16-3 to in the game. You credit Washington for making enough plays to win this game, but oh, oh, after the salute to service uh, Sunday where, where we were honoring the military and Veterans Day on the Monday after Veterans Day, I know a lot of people have the holiday today. You, you need the holiday to try to swallow, digest, and accept that the Bucks didn't get to four and five on the season and get back in the hunt for an NFC wildcard picture with a Redskins team that was there for the taking. Banged up, injured, playing on the road. Yes, credit Washington some, but disappointment for the Bucs that they did not get it done. Not well enough uh, in this football game. All right, so uh, let me set the table. we got highlights for you. We've got interviews in a little bit, some more analysis and insight. Obviously, we'll pay lots of attention to Monday Night Football at the time that we're taping this podcast because the Giants and the 49ers are playing on Monday night, and that's the next two Buccaneer opponents with the Bucs traveling to the Meadowlands next Sunday and then hosting the 49ers coming in two weeks. So that's the future. But for now, we live in the present. We live in the aftermath of a 16-3 Redskins win. And we go back to the highlights and what happened, what went down at Raymond James Stadium on Sunday. As we mentioned, it was salute to service. And look, the Bucks got off to a good enough start. It won the opening coin toss. And for the first time this year when winning the toss, Dirk Cutter said, we want the football. We want to go establish the offense and establish the tempo 
of this game, and that's exactly what the team did. Came out, moved the football, moved it impressively down the field, first downs, uh, throwing from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, he was able to find O.J. Howard over the middle, able to find Chris Godwin for 14 yards. You moved into scoring position, and then it was a second down play in the red zone right off the bat, four and a half minutes into the game, where the Bucks' first turnover bit them. Here's the snap out of the shotgun. Plenty of time. Protection pass toward the end zone. It is too tall. It's intercepted in the end zone and run back down the far sideline to the 15, to the 20. Tackle made at the 32-yard line. Interception at the goal line. Buccaneers trying to get a quick score. And the ball picked off by Josh Norman. Fitzpatrick looking for rookie running back. Sean Wilson had to get the ball over a linebacker into a tight space, just overthrew it. And Josh Norman was the Redskin that came up with the interception. And that squashed the first drive of the game after the Bucks had moved some, uh, what, 50 yards to get into position to score in that instance. The interception happens, and you get no points out of it. So the, the game would remain scoreless into the second period of play as uh, the Bucks were able to hold the Redskins and then uh, Buccaneers moving and trying to get down close into scoring position. Of course, the crazy play with Fitzpatrick uh, scrambling for the first down and then trying to throw the backwards pass to Adam Humphreys. The end result is the pass turns out to be a forward pass. Uh, Fitzpatrick beyond the line. It's still legal to throw the ball backwards. It's, it's referred to as a lateral by a lot of people, but the officials don't call it that. They either call a forward pass or a backward pass. I've had officials lecture me on that for years in my broadcasting career. Don't call it a lateral when doing play-by-play -play or radio shows, podcasts, TV appearances. There's no such thing in the rule book as a lateral. It's either a forward pass or a backward pass. Fitzpatrick trying to throw the backward pass, threw it from about the 39 of the Redskins. It looked like Adam Humphreys caught it around the 38, maybe even the 37 and a half, so clearly the ball was forward. Because again, it's not from just where he throws the ball, it's where the ball ends up being caught or touched. You can be even with him if, if um, Humphreys had been on that 39-yard line, you'd have been fine. He was not. He was clearly in front of it. And on replay challenge, it's overruled. So that would lead to eventually the Redskins driving and getting a Dustin Hopkins field goal to lead 3-0. Then the Buccaneers get the ball to start the second quarter and, uh, and move it, and move it effectively, uh, able to move it out of their own end on a Peyton Barber run. Ryan Fitzpatrick scrambled for a, a first down on third and five. He then hits Chris Godwin. Uh, you're moving into scoring range with Jacquez Rogers catching a pass over the middle. Cameron Brake catching a 14-yard pass. You're down inside the 20-yard line. You're unable to get the ball to Brait for a third and four. It passes incomplete. And then the next miscue would happen inside the red zone. Near side hash mark out of the hold of Brian Anker. Good snap. The kick is airborne, and this one is no good. Wide to the right. Chandler Catanzaro misses a 30-yard field goal. These highlights, courtesy of Buccaneers Radio, Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, and I on the call. And what can you say? Chandler Catanzaro uh, being well paid. $3 million as a kicker. You cannot continue to miss makeable kicks in easy conditions. There was no wind. I was down there on that field. Uh, and Canton Zaro has missed too many field goals and extra points over the course of the last four or five football games. 
More on this situation a little bit later on here in the Nothing But Bucks podcast. But it was a deflating moment. Standing down there on the field, it was deflating to not be able to get any points in that situation uh, and and still be behind 3-0. You wanted 7, you got nothing. And so then... Uh, more of the uh, of the same. Now the Redskins tried to move the ball. The Buck defense, though, played much better on Sunday. I, I, I know that a lot of fans are screaming, "Well, you didn't have enough sacks. You didn't have a takeaway." Uh, that's true. You only ended up with a couple of sacks. You didn't end up with a takeaway. That's become a problem too. Not being able to create and force turnovers. But still, Washington only picked up um the, the one they didn't even pick up the first down on the next possession in the second quarter and the bucks got the ball back and then moved it again fitzpatrick hitting uh chris godwin again over the middle it was a great target in the first half then finding adam humphreys for 24 yards to move into position uh but then unfortunately again mistakes and misfires a holding penalty on caleb beninock as fitzpatrick was sacked the redskins declined that fitzpatrick threw incomplete looking over the middle to sean wilson again and then threw incomplete to Adam Humphreys, uh, looking uh, over the middle again while under pressure. And then finally the Bucks able to get on the board, this time from 33 yards out. Garrison Sanborn to snap by an anger of the holder from the far side hash now. Catanzaro can tie this ball game. Good snap, good spot to kick his airborne. And it is good. Tie ball game at three to three. Fire the cannons three times. So Cantonzaro makes it 3-3, and the game would remain that way moving through the second period of play. Finally, Washington able to get a Dustin Hopkins field goal late in the first half to make the game 6-3. And so that's the score at halftime. You knew Washington was going to get the ball to start the second half, but you're right in the game. I mean, unlike uh, several of the previous games where the Bucs had given up 14, 21, even 28 points in a row like in the Chicago game, and you're down big, you're down by three scores or more at halftime, you're only down 6-3 here. You're in the game. You've got a chance for life. And keep, you know, keep in mind, if you're able to win this game at the end of it, you're going to be back in the playoff conversation. You're going to start, because Washington is one of the teams you're chasing, you're going to start looking at scores from other games, win your games, and say, hey, we can leapfrog this team, we can leapfrog that team. So 6-3 at home, start the second half of this game, And yes, Washington is able uh, to get a couple of first downs, but the end result here is the Buck defense does its job coming out of the locker room, uh, and they're able to stuff the Redskins and force the punt. Now, it ends up being a fantastic punt, um, as it turns out, by Trest Way, the left-footed punter, boomed a 58-yarder that pinned the Bucks back inside the four-yard line. And so that uh, great field position flip in that instance where the Bucs thought they might get decent field position after the, the stop out of the locker room defensively. Instead, you start at your own four-yard line. Still, Buccaneers able to make throws and plays on the next drive. Down 6-3 to three in the third quarter. Some completions. Fitzpatrick to Deshaun Jackson for 17. Fitzpatrick to Mike Evans for 13. Uh, nine more to Deshaun Jackson on the near sideline. Nine more later in the same drive to Deshaun Jackson. So again, you move into scoring range uh, here with an opportunity to at least get three to tie the game, if not seven, and take the lead. But that's when the misfires happen. Uh, Fitzpatrick had to scramble while under pressure for three yards. Peyton Barber on second and seven runs for no gain. 
And then another miscue. This time it is Ryan Jensen, the high-priced free agent center, did not have one of his best games. He rolled a snap back to Ryan Fitzpatrick, a bad shotgun snap. The only thing Fitzpatrick could do was dive on the ball as they end up losing 14 yards on that play. And uh, and it really pushes the field goal back to a 48-yard field goal. And uh, you knew you knew that it was going to be a tougher kick, and Chandler Contenzaro could not convert. Far side hash. Here's the spot. The kick is long enough, long enough, and it is no good again. One of the few words around today is the Buccaneers could have tied the game. Instead, he misfire a 48-yard field goal wide left. Again, I, I, I wish that I had better highlights to work with and play for you, but that was critical. It was deflating again as the field goal is no good. Look, it was only going to tie the game. You had to play the rest of the game and go get stops, takeaways if you could, uh, go get touchdowns, go get points. I mean, it's not like that was the game-winning moment, but it was just deflating to get no points once again for the Bucs. And then the Redskins finally put together a touchdown drive of their own. 62 yards on eight plays. Alex Smith able to make a couple of throws to Jordan Reed, to Maurice Harris, to Josh Reed. Bucks finally force a third down. Third down and five here from the six-yard line on this play. Here's the staff. Alex Smith dropping, looking, looking. Alex Smith flushed out of the pocket. Flushed out of the pocket. Still looking. Throws toward the end zone. It is a clock ball. Touchdown, Washington Redskins. Josh Doxson makes the catch, and Smith had all kinds of time and threw a dart right beneath the goalpost. Again, Mean Gene Deckerhoff on the calls on Buccaneers Radio as the touchdown goes to Josh Doxson. It looked like at field level, and I was right down there by the goal line. Levante David complained right away that it looked like the ball had hit the ground as Doxson was going to the ground. They did briefly take a look at the replays in New York without stopping for a full review. The replays that we saw uh, from Fox's coverage and on the video board, no definitive look. Two of the replays were from behind Doxon, and you couldn't see the ball. Is the ball on the ground or not? So there was really nothing to review, nothing to overturn. And so the touchdown stands, and that would be big. Because, again, if, if they ruled it incomplete, if, 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 if you review the play and and the pass is incomplete, they're going to kick a field goal on fourth and five at the six-yard line, and it's only going to be 9-3, where a touchdown can win the game at the other end. Instead, it's now 16-3, where you know at this point you now are going to need two touchdowns to go win the football game. And the Bucs were undaunted by that. By that. They, they knew they had come back uh, in the past and had rallied and had made some big plays. We saw Fitzpatrick do that to tie the game in Cincinnati. We saw the rally in the second half of the Pittsburgh home game with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm. So once again, would Fitzmagic be uh, be working? Uh, we'll see. The, the Bucks were able to get something going with an 18-yarder to Jacquez Rogers over the middle. And then another uh, laser to Adam Humphreys for 29 yards. Put him uh, inside Washington's plus territory inside the 28-yard line. Actually, at the 28-yard line, inside the 30 and that's when this play would happen. Another opportunity to go get something done to no avail after a big completion. The snap out of the shotgun. Good protection. Dumps underneath. Caught by Rodgers. He makes a guy miss it. A ball tipped away into the end zone. And the Redskins will recover for the touchback. And the Buccaneers have turned it over three times. Goodness. Yeah, Jacquez Rogers. Hustle in that little guy. He's a physical little player. Uh, does a great job pass blocking, but there did not protect 
the football. And from behind, Zach Brown, the linebacker, comes from about 10 yards or 15 yards behind the play. Chases down Jacquez Rogers, punches at the ball, knocks it into the end zone, and it was ha-ha Clinton Dix. The uh, former Packers safety who the Redskins just got in a trade on trading deadline day fell on the ball in the end zone. There were actually three Redskins around that. Just, uh, again, a play that you shake your head on. It's a positive gain. It's a 19-yard gain uh, over the middle, and the ball gets punched out of the way. Actually, it was a a 9-yard gain at the 19. The ball gets punched out of the way. You not only don't get seven, you don't even get three there. Uh, to make the game 16-6 to with a ton of time left, you get nothing. And uh, the Redskins now were in command. They were trying to run some clock. They picked up a couple of first downs. They got it to six minutes remaining. The Bucks finally get off the field. They're able to sack Alex Smith. Gerald McCoy comes through, knocks down Alex Smith right at the line of scrimmage, officially credited with the sack there at the line. And now the Bucks get the ball back with six minutes remaining, with all their timeouts left. And you're thinking, can they make something happen? And they quickly did make something happen. With a couple of completions, uh, you move into Washington territory. Um, a, a long one downfield to Godwin. He fumbled on second effort, and it was Jacquez Rogers redeeming himself, falling on the ball to keep the drive alive. Another pass to Godwin for 11. And then you move into scoring position with passes to Rogers over the middle. Godwin for 12 more. Fitzpatrick scrambling down inside the 10-yard line. And then on a second down play, Fitzpatrick throws incomplete to Mike Evans in the middle of the end zone, a ball he'd like to have back. He threw it just probably too hard, too low for Mike to get a good chance to catch it. Ball incomplete, and that would bring up this play on second down here. An opportunity to try to get in the end zone is thwarted again by the Redskins. In motion, O.J. Howard had a quiet day today. Here's the snap. Fitz looks right now back to his left. He will be sacked and dropped. They fumble the football. Redskins think they have it. It's a fumble football. And Washington comes up with it. Fourth turnover of the game. Preston Smith gets a sack and recovers. Well, the sack from behind by the uh, by the Washington Redskins. The fumble recovered by Ryan Kerrigan. Again, no points, no touchdown, no nothing. And really, it deflated the Bucks once and for all. Three red zone turnovers. Can't have it on a day where points turned out to be at a premium. Your defense had held you in. Washington worked the clock down, got a first down. The Bucks used all of their timeouts. And the end result is a 16-3 Washington win that improves them to 6-3 and and puts them back into first place in the NFC East. Loss drops the Buccaneers at this point to 3-6. and in the NFC South, and dejection, obviously, for everybody involved, especially when you had a home game and an opportunity to win this home game. You were right in it, only one score away for a lot of this home game, and yet Washington is able to get the victory. So when things were done on our Hooters postgame show, I do give credit to the uh, to the guys that were in there that, uh, that did stand up and, and say, hey, it's all right, you can ask me about it, even in a defeat here. Ryan Fitzpatrick, one of those guys, as I spoke with him, after it was done on Sunday. Tough one here this afternoon. Does it just come down to not taking advantage of red zone opportunities? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Uh, you know, they did a nice job of bending but not breaking. We got in the red zone a bunch of times a day. Uh, you know, and as a quarterback, when you get in the red zone, you got to get your team into the end zone. And I wasn't able to do that today. Um, you know, whether it be 
decision making or, or whatever it was, turnovers. You know, I didn't I didn't do my job today in the red zone, and that was the story of the game. It was 16 to three. You guys were putting together one of those drives at the end and got down inside the 10. You unfortunately ended up taking the sack. You had a couple of opportunities there. You had one to Mike that you were not able to get. Um, again, the game can come down to several plays, but that was huge in that moment. Uh, can you just go back to that sequence where you would have had more than four minutes left, all your timeouts, and the two-minute warning, Ryan? Yeah, that was a that was a huge play. Obviously, uh, look to my left there. We had a good matchup with OJ, OJ and DJ Swearinger, and um, you know, post snap didn't didn't love it. Came back. Mike was wide open in the middle of the end zone. I kind of threw him a low heater. That was just you know tough for him to get his hands on. So. It was a poor pass, uh, but an opportunity that, you know, when we have one like that, we got to take advantage of it. And for this team, I mean, this is a tough one here today. How do you go about regrouping? What do you tell yourselves as veteran players? What do you tell the younger guys? Oh, you just, you've got to be a professional. You've got to, you know, come to work and do your job to the best of your ability. And that's it. It's, it's as simple as that because nobody likes losing. Nobody likes being in this situation, but uh, we're all professionals. Fitzpatrick, uh, again, statistically, you look at this game on paper and say 500 yards of offense, you did some things well. And yes, between the 20s, the Bucks did a lot of things well. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for 406 yards, another 400-yard passing day. But the two interceptions were costly in this game. We didn't play one of those interceptions that was in uh, his own end late in the first half uh, that led to a field goal. But 400 yards passing, you move the ball. Um, you were able to, to get a ton of first downs and time of possession. It just did not result in points. One of those guys that was on the other end of a lot of those catches, Chris Godwin. Seven of them for 103 yards, and he stood with me after it was done. Does today come down to not taking advantage of opportunities that were there? Uh, yeah, I definitely would say so. Um, you know, like when... Like when you look at it, uh, the defense played really well, you know, only giving up with 16 points. And uh, I think as an offense, you know, you got to pride yourself on being able to go out and score more than that. Um, and obviously, you know, we, we had a lot of good drives there, but we, you know, came short for one reason or another, you know, whether it's turnovers or just, you know, self inflicted errors. You guys were able to get another opportunity down 16 to 3 with about five minutes left. There were a couple of completions to you, another one to Jacquez Rogers. What, if anything, was being said on the sideline, on the huddle, on trying to get in the end zone and then give yourselves a chance? I mean, it wasn't necessarily anything being said. Um, it's just something that, you know, we all we all recognize the situation. We all recognize that, you know, in order for us to win, we have to go down and score, you know, two touchdowns to win. And, you know, we all, there, there's no quitting these guys. So we just go out there and just, you know, do our jobs. One more on those same lines that right now for this team, you got a lot of football still left in this season. How do you regroup from this? What do you tell each other to continue on? I mean, we just got to approach it, you know what I'm saying? What we always do, just come in, you know, come in tomorrow, watch the film, learn from our mistakes, and just go back to work this week and try to, you know, try to prevent them same mistakes. You know, we got a lot of talented guys in here, a lot of football left to play. And, you know, if we do the things that we're supposed to do, you know, execution-wise, I think, you know, I think we'll be fine. Again, all of these interviews courtesy of Buccaneers Radio as the Bucks fall in uh, this one 16-3. We go over to the defensive side of the ball and rookie uh, Jordan Whitehead out there scrapping this defense again held in for a lot of the game. The, the Redskins banged up offensive line, yes, but they were not able to get the big plays that we've seen other teams be able to get. They contained, did the D, Adrian Peterson for a lot of the game. Peterson did finish with 68 yards, but over 30 of those were on the final drive of the game. 
uh, when they were running the clock out. Here was uh, rookie safety Jordan Whitehead about the defense and their effort. Tough afternoon. Um, let's talk first about the defense. You guys held things in throughout this game. What were you able to do well, particularly keeping them from getting in the end zone? I think just from last week, it was a big emphasis uh, during the week, stopping a run, uh, tackling better, 10% um, tighter coverage. I think uh, overall, we probably showed a little bit of that um, better than last week, but still didn't get the outcome with the win. But definitely a solid performance. As this game was going on, 6-3 and then eventually 9-3, was there talk at all about the defense may have to make a play here? It may have to be a pick six. It may have to be a defensive touchdown. Oh, definitely. Um, we we ramp on that all game. It's starting fast as part of getting a quick turnover. Um, Somebody on defense making a turnover and making a big play. And I think that's what we need to do more of is just uh, somebody on defense to make more plays. And I know tackles and stuff is good, but we need turnovers. Is this one of those cases where you're just going to look back as a team and see missed opportunity, missed opportunity, missed opportunity, and that's what you chalk it up to that the Buccaneers could have been winners today if you take advantage of those opportunities? Fair? Uh, yes, sir. Um, you can't leave plays out there on the field. Uh, every week you look back and there's plays left out there, then you go going to have to think about that all week. So I think we just need to learn how to capitalize and uh, make those plays. You're very gracious to stop for me. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. And another player shaking his head after this one, the veteran Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, who was battling on that defensive line against the Redskins, a foe that he had gone against many a time with the New York Giants. And so here was JPP. I mean, this I don't see snowball effect, whatever you want to call it, you know. At the, at the end of the day, this, this is football, man. You know, uh, you know, they pay us to play it. You know, this is a game that we love, and you know, we got to be out there. No matter what, how much pain you in or whatever, you still got to be out there. And, you know, we just got to figure it out. We can't lose anymore, you know. Otherwise, that's the season right there, <laughs> you know. And I know everybody else knows it, so. Jason, we're live here on the Buccaneers Radio Network, and you may have already answered this. You guys were hanging in there, 6-3, 9-3. What, if anything, was the defense saying? Were they maybe talking about it might take a defensive score to try to pull this game out? Uh, you know, we did the best we can, you know, as a group, as a unit, uh, and it just didn't fall through. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure our officers will figure it out. Uh, you know, we got to go out, go look at the film and see what – what mistakes we did, and offense got to figure out what mistakes they, you know, and you know they got to capitalize on big plays and stuff too. So, you know, they gonna go out. To, we're gonna see defend tomorrow, and we'll figure it out. You know, that's all we can do. But we gotta go on to the next game, and the next game is the Giants. So, and that's the next game. Yeah, tough Sunday uh, where the complimentary football not there. The defense did well enough, kept giving the offense opportunities, couldn't get in the end zone. The end result, Washington with the win. And look, Dirk Cutter, uh, the Bucks head coach, didn't have a lot of answers. What can you say when the team ends up giving away scoring opportunity after scoring opportunity inside the red zone? The head coach tried to put it into words on our Hooters postgame show right after this one was over. Tough one, 16-3 today, and Coach Dirk Cutter is here with us. We were just saying... Uh, out here and talking to Ali Marpet and uh, also to Ryan Fitzpatrick earlier, does this just come down to missed opportunities in the red zone to go get points? That was a big part of it, for sure. I mean, to move the ball up and down the field and, and only get three points out of it, you're just going to have a hard time uh, scoring three points and being 0 for 5 in the red zone. You're just not going to win many games. 
uh, the one of the plays, Jacquez Rogers, who played an outstanding game, had a career high in catches and in receiving yards. He makes a play. He's downfield with a first down, and the Washington defender comes from behind to knock it out. Are those plays sometimes where you just credit the other team for a great hustle play too? Well, that was that was definitely a good play by by number fifty two uh, on their team coming up behind him. You know, Jacquez was trying to take a check down and stretch it into into a bigger gain, and and the guy popped it out. Uh, in terms of hanging in the game, it is 6-3, it is 9-3 in the fourth quarter as this game uh, wore on. Um, I was just saying with Jason Pierre-Paul, it was almost as if uh, the next team that makes a defensive play is going to have a great chance at momentum. Washington did that with the interception on that one. Is this a case again where Washington made a defensive play that you also needed? Well, Washington made a good play on that interception, that's for sure. But, uh, I mean, I think our defense played good enough to win today. And uh, you know, three points just isn't isn't going to get it. We had we had plenty of opportunities, like you said in the beginning. We had plenty of opportunities, and we couldn't cash in. You know, we we get a couple touchdowns, and uh, the game might have turned out different, but we didn't. And for this team, especially with some young players on both sides of the ball, you now have to regroup. How do you go about that starting tonight, starting tomorrow? Yeah, it's. I mean, again, this is. This is a tough one to come back from, and uh, you know we'll we gotta lick our wounds tonight, and and then we'll start in on the Giants first thing in the morning. Yeah, the only thing you can do now is try to overcome the mistakes that you keep making, self-infliction that we keep seeing on both sides of the ball. Play a complete game and try to beat the New York Giants in New York coming this week. That's the only thing the Bucks have left to do on this one. Again, all of the interviews courtesy of Buccaneers Radio and our coverage from Sunday. So, uh, again, demoralizing. You can use all kinds of words. Frustrating. Buccaneers, uh, you, you can't sit and say that you're better than your 3-6 and six record right now because you're not playing well enough for four quarters to win these games. But I will say this. The defense did its job yesterday and probably deserved a better fate for having done as well as they did um, in light of the fact that everyone, every which direction, has blasted them, and rightfully so, for poor pass coverage and points allowed. I mean, it's not as if the Redskins ran away and hid in this one in the, in the first half like we've seen several other games. Uh, offensively, again, you're happy with some things. You move the ball. You threw it effectively. You had uh, four different receivers catch at least three passes. Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin, Jacquez Rogers with a career-high eight catches and a career-high 102 yards in this game, uh, utilized as a weapon in the past game. But in the end, the only numbers that matter, 16-3. to Washington wins 3-6 and the record. And so uh, now you have to try to regroup. That's all that you can do right now. Go try to get a win. Uh, hopefully in that Giants 49ers Monday night game, uh, that it's a very physical game, that it wears and drains the Giants physically. Again, they're having a bad season anyway, and you'll be ready to get after Eli Manning and Odell Beckham and the New York Giants and that rookie Saquon Barkley, uh, depending on everybody's health, coming out of the Monday night game for the opponent upcoming at the Meadowlands. It's all you can do right now, Buccaneer fans. It's a it's a struggle. And look, at the time that I'm taping this podcast right now, I know Coach Dirk Cutter admitted after the game he had gone back to calling the plays. The only thing that he would say to the media after it was over that it was his decision and he has his reasons. He wouldn't elaborate. Uh, perhaps he will talk more about that when he meets with the media later on Monday afternoon. And will the Bucks potentially go back to Jameis Winston? If not to start this game in New York, uh, and it, it could happen, may he be at the ready that if the offense is struggling again under the veteran Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
that Jameis Winston is back in there uh, at some point in the first half or the second half of the game if the offense isn't rolling, isn't putting points on the board. Because, look, the head coach uh, did not, when he made the move, did not say definitively rubber stamp Ryan Fitzpatrick is the, is the quarterback for the remainder of the year no matter what. What he said is we need a spark. We have to win games. That hasn't happened the last couple of weeks. How much of that is at the feet of Fitzpatrick? How much of it is at the feet of uh, the combined effort of the defense and making mistakes on both sides? Fitzpatrick with turnovers, but there were others with turnovers yesterday too. Again, the Rodgers play is a killer uh, after the catch. That has nothing to do with Ryan Fitzpatrick there on the throw. Uh, the missed field goals have nothing to do with the quarterback. What will the Bucks do with the, the kicking situation? We will learn that more on Monday in the coming days. Are they going to stand behind Chandler Canton-Zaro? Are they going to have kicking tryouts? And will somebody else be kicking for this week? I, I will say this. Uh, there, there is uh, every reason to look at that situation and say, for the money that you have paid, there are too many easy kicks being missed. Missed extra points and easy field goals. And right now, if you're the coaching staff, if you're Nate Catcher, the special teams coordinator, and you come to the head coach and say, we got to have somebody else, because right now it's hurting our strategy, it's hurting everything, it's demoralizing the team, that may be what happens. We'll wait and see. if that's, And that'll be in the next couple of days. We'll learn whether they're going to stick by Chandler Cantonzaro, who again is a kicker that made a lot of field goals in Arizona, kicked for them in the playoffs, uh, made a couple of game winners for the New York Jets a year ago. Let's see. Let's see what the Bucks elect to do on the kicking front as well. So a lot up in the air as we put this edition of Nothing But Bucks to bed off of the loss here to the Washington Redskins. A reminder, by the way, whether you found this podcast through Buccaneers.com or the mobile app, subscribe via iTunes and Google Play, and the podcast will come automatically to you when we are done on uh, the days after games, on these Mondays after the game. Uh, the podcast comes directly to your phone, your iPad, etc. Uh, through uh, the technology that exists with Buccaneers.com and nothing but Bucks. All right, so there you go. 16 to 3. The Redskins win. Buccaneers record at 3 and 6. Got to keep your chin up. Got to keep the right attitude. A lot of those veteran players were saying that yesterday. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jason Pierre Paul, even Gerald McCoy after the game. That it, you got to battle with pride, with your job on the line, battle for each other, for your team. And that the, the next opportunity, that will be in the Meadowlands, MetLife Stadium in New York for a matchup with the New York Giants coming Sunday, 1 o'clock. We'll be on the air on Buccaneers Radio starting at noon Eastern time with Gene and Dave on the call coming at 1 Eastern time from East Rutherford, New Jersey. My thanks to Steve Carney helping me out with all of the audio, the highlights, and the interviews. Thanks also to Jeff Ryan and everybody with Buccaneers Radio. I'm TJ Reeves. We'll talk to you next week after the Bucks and the Giants are done on the latest edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast.